you're listening to Unmuted with Papa Mutes. Welcome to Papa Mutes, everybody. My guest today is Christine Handy. Christine is an author, a model, a motivational speaker, a cancer survivor, and much, much more. I'm happy to have her on. Christine, welcome to Papa Mutes. Thank you for having me. So you're in Miami, correct? I am. Can you hear the traffic? (laughs) No, but uh, let's get to the good stuff. What's the weather like? Very nice. 74 and sunny right now. You can Mm. see it through the mirror. Uh, Yeah, right here. Oh, oh. That's the ocean. I was going to say, is that the ocean? Sweet. But you were born in St. Louis, correct? I am. I was raised in St. Louis, and then I lived in Dallas for a long time, and I moved to Miami in 2014. Now, what was your, just briefly, your childhood in St. Louis like? Um, it was very small, I would say. I live a very big life right now. I have a very public persona, but I also mm-hmm. live, um, I live in a big city. And so, and St. Louis was small. It's a smaller town, but I also lived in kind of a bubble. And so we weren't really exposed to a lot of things. I love this example. When my son came to Miami to go to high school, he went to Miami Beach High School for a couple years. Okay. And there are about 167 ethnicities there. And I think in my high school there was one. And I and I love that for him because that's the real world. Sure, that's of life. Course, of course, yeah. I didn't live in the real world. So when I started to have illnesses and things happen to me, you know, you go from a from a higher high to a bigger fall, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt really hard. <laughs> mm, okay. At the age of 11, you started modeling, correct? Correct. Now, yes. how do you, I mean, 11-year-old just doesn't walk out of the house and go to the agency. And how did that start? What sparked it? So I used to see a lot of little le- letters, not little letters, letters that were in the mail that would come to me from modeling agencies and from pageants that would say, to the parents of Christine Donnie, that was my maiden name, uh, we would love to ha- represent her. And, and so I would open these and go, wow, I must be really pretty. Wow. All these people want me. Wow. And so I, and so I really wanted to do it. And my parents were like, no, we have, we have other daughters at home. We just want everybody to, you know, fit in a box and do the same thing. And I was like, eh, I think I should do it. So ultimately I, I forged them into some sort of compromise to allow me to do it. And they had to take me to my modeling jobs until I was 16 and able to go unchaperoned myself. But until then, I, I had a flourishing career, and I still, I'm still doing it at 51. But what, I mean, I'm just curious, mm-hmm. what made them send you, besides your looks? Well, back then, we didn't have any internet or, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was 40 years ago. Right. So it was really, correspondence only came through mail. Like, nobody, nobody from the modeling agency would come up to your door and knock on your door and say, we'd like your daughter to model for us. So it would come in the mail. And uh, there was plenty of them. And so I think with the amount, they thought, okay, these people are serious. And so there's a space back then and still now for child model. Okay. All right. Now, at that point, were you like, yes, I'm going to be a model for life at that early, at that early age? I mean, I, you know, I wasn't sure it would be for life, but I had, a, I, I felt it deep into my bones that I, it was something that I really wanted to do. And I fought for it. Like I said, my parents didn't want me to do it. So I really fought for it. So when you fight for something like your, your teeth are in it more, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And so I, so I kept modeling. I kept modeling after I got married. I kept modeling after I had children. I kept modeling until I was about 35 and, and had surgery that 
prevented me from modeling at that stage of my life, but then I went back to it. Now, your book, Walk Beside Me, um, how it came about to write a book. About my journey. Well, I wrote the book because when I was going through breast cancer, I did not, I was unable to find a book like it. I wanted a book about a narrative that shared the story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hmm. And I was gifted a lot of books when I was going through chemotherapy. And they were very helpful, but they were self-help books. There wasn't a novel about the journey. And so I thought, well, I have the tenacity, the ability to write the book and, uh, and, and the knowledge. I, you know, I had a bit of chemo brain afterwards, but I found the words and I figured out a way to do it. I had some help. And so I wrote the book and I published it and it became popular. And so then once the book was out, then I started to speak. And of course, I'd been in front of a camera for 30 years or so at that point. And so it was kind of a natural progression for me to start speaking in front of a camera. And I was a very good speaker. And so I got picked up by about six or seven speaking agencies back in 2015. Now I'm, I work for more. And then um, and then I went back to modeling. So it was kind of the book, then the speaking career, and then social media influencer, and now back to modeling. Now, was, was there a history of cancer in the family? No. No, only 20% of breast cancer patients or those diagnosed with breast cancer have the gene. So 80% are, they don't know. Now, what brought you to the doctor? Right. I had, I felt a lump in my breast. And so I went to the doctor and they did a uh, biopsy. And then five days later, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. I mean, I was petrified. I had, I had an 11 year old son and a 13 year old son. I, of course, my mind went right to who's going to be able to, who's going to have the privilege of raising my own children. And I had no idea how I was going to get through the the battle. I knew that my form was aggressive because he told me on the first conversation, it was aggressive. Mm. I didn't understand what that meant, but I knew that there was going to be a lot of fighting. And I just, at that point in my life, I just really didn't have any fight in me. And so I knew it was going to be a big battle. The first line in the movie, or sorry, in the book is, uh, it's a warm day in September when I decided to kill myself. Yes. I mean, the book is... Very comforting. (laughs) Well, it sucked me in, I tell you. I mean, in a bad way, but you know what I mean. Um, Right. So uh, if someone reads this book, and I I recommend it, what, what do you want them to get out of it? Even if they're not involved with cancer, you know, never had cancer or anything. Right. Well... And I think my book transcends cancer. You know, it's it's about trauma. It's about hope. I think that I was very honest in the story. And I think with vulnerability and when you share a story that is completely honest, then you can really allow people to feel less alone in their own plight. Because I think the world that we live in and, and with social media and, and highlight reels, we're all showing this hmm. one side of our life, which is it's disparaging to the to the rest of us because we're going, oh, wow, well, she's always on vacation. Oh, wow, she's so always so pretty. That just doesn't exist. And so I wanted to write a story that was authentic. And so I did have suicide thoughts, and I, I wasn't ashamed of that. You know, I was in a very a state of despair and agony, um, emotional agony, and, and, and that's not something that I – I don't discount those feelings. Those, those were very real. And those are important to talk about because so many people feel that feeling. And if we brush it aside or don't admit that it's there, then I think that discounts their feeling. And so um, I didn't want that to happen. And so I 
I, it took me about three weeks to get out of that state of mind. And fortunately I was able to with the help of friends and family, not everybody is. And so I felt like if I shared that part of my story, that might help somebody, you know, get through that part of their story. And you also had a serious wrist injury. Yes. Yeah. That's a very sad story. I had a torn ligament in my right wrist and I had a doctor in Dallas who was the best orthopedic surgeon, supposedly, supposedly right? right? We that we labeled that. I labeled it. I mean, I I was it. What he was labeled. I labeled him. Other people labeled him. I I bought into it, and he ended up being one of the worst human beings I've ever met in my life. I've totally forgiven him. Hmm. He destroyed my arm, and I live in chronic pain. Wow. I have been in chronic pain for eleven years. It's changed my life tremendously, not just because of the scars, but because of the chronic pain. I I used to not so much anymore. But I used to have, to, my days used to be dictated by the pain, meaning could I drive that day? Could I cook? Could I go out? Because the pain was so intense. And so I had that right before I was diagnosed with cancer. And so I just come off of a year of being bullied by a doctor. Now I'm diagnosed with cancer, about to go through breast cancer. And I'm thinking to myself, obviously I have no self-esteem because I allowed this man to bully me. Um, I need to work on myself and who I am because I'll never get through this because I'm not going to fight for myself if I don't believe in myself. And now I have to face this disease that I, I don't know if I'm going to live or die. And so there are so many things that I had to work on right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, like one, one forgiveness for the doctor to deal with the, the pain in my arm and, and three, figure out how I was going to live the rest of my life with no wrist. And then all of a sudden, okay, now you have to go through chemotherapy. And I couldn't even start chemotherapy because the bone grafts and the cadaver bones that were put in my wrist would have dissolved. So we had to postpone chemotherapy for a month Wow! because of my arm situation. So there was a lot of unresolved anger issues and there was a lot of victim angry issues. Sure. <laughs> and then yeah. finally, you know, I had an amazing group of women who stood by me and said, you are loved. You are not forsaken and we will stand by you. And they never left me. And so if you have people that stay by you, you go, okay, wait, there must be something inside of me that matters. Because if all these women are showing up for me, it must, the beauty is gone and the, the bags and all the materialism is gone. What's left? So there must be something inside of me that's good or they wouldn't be here. And I had to find out what that was in my life. And once I found it, I kept it and I nurtured it and I, and I saved it, right? For those days that you don't have courage. So these women, we're, we're talking friends, family, combination? Combination. Okay. Yeah. Mostly uh, friends. Okay. Um, now, how long were you in the hospital? I was in chemotherapy for 15 months. So 15 months, there were many days where I wasn't sure I was going to wake up the next day. So 15 months not working in either a hospital or bed because sometimes they wouldn't want you in the hospital because they want you isolated at home. So I was in a guest room without being able to see anybody because my blood levels were so low. A lot of alone time to figure out who was I? What did I, if I did survive, what was I going to do? And how was I going to nurture that self-esteem that obviously had gotten shredded over the years? Mm, wow. Uh, have you ever uh, authored before this book? No, no. Mm -mm. It was always a dream of mine, even from us as a small child. I always wanted to write a book and I thought, well, Here's my opportunity. I have the story. So how, how did you do that? I mean, you're taking notes, you're tracking it while it's going on. 
We are taking, I am asking my friends to send me all their texts. We are taking notes. I hired somebody to organize our notes. I hired somebody to go interview my friends. And then I started to write the story after I was healed from chemotherapy. Yeah. I couldn't have done it when I was going through my illness. Yeah. But it took about, it took about a year and then I published it and it became successful. So it's, it's been a very helpful book to many people, not just who've been through breast cancer, but also people who are caring for somebody through an illness. You know, what do you want them to get out of that? Well, and I think a lot of what I went through was what the world wants us to be, right? Is focused on materialism. I mean, just go drive down the street and what's on the, the billboards. That's what they want you to consume, right? They don't want you to consume being, you know, uh, it's, it's collaboration versus competition. I'm always about collaboration, but in the world it's competition. Definitely. They're promoting competition. I'm promoting collaboration. So I think it, in the beginning of my book, it's like I'm kind of lost and, you know, kind of uh, materialistic and self-serving. And then at the end of the book, I'm altruistic and, you know, want to serve instead of be served. Now, how much of the book is... It's true. We just changed the names in the of the city and the people. So it's all true. Authentic. Nothing yes. juiced up. Now, there's a movie or there was a movie that was going to be made? There's a movie being made, yeah. It's, yeah, it's coming. It's... um. It should start filming this summer. Hmm. And what's mm -hmm. that title? The Willow, the feature film. All right. Now, how much involved are you? I mean, obviously it's your story, but I mean, right. producer well, or you just like, they come to you? I'm not a producer. No, okay. I, I can't, I can't be. I, um, so the, the people that need to be in charge are in charge. I, it is my story and I will be on set for all 30 days, but not, not much more than that. Okay. Well, let's yeah. just uh, hypothetically, if you if you could be in a movie with someone, not this movie, right? Just a you know fantasy movie or whatever, and you had a co-star, who would that be? Huh. Well, Tom Hanks because he brings in all of the ticket sales, <laughs> cash. <laughs> <laughs> he brings in all the cash. So there, so there we go. Um, but I don't know. I I don't. About a, a woman. About a woman. Co-star. Uh, yeah, I would like somebody funny, maybe somebody. Um, I don't know, like Drew Barrymore or somebody. She's adorable. Okay. I like. I love her. All right. Uh, what, what? How do you change? You, you touched on a little bit. How do you change your mental attitude? I mean, you're just like. I know you have friends and stuff. I'm tough though. I mean, you know, you're you're. Tough as nails. It's like you're devastated. And eventually you, you have to get it together to, you know, so you don't just, how do you, you don't have to get it together though. That's the thing. You don't have to get it together. I could have quit. Uh, many people do. I mentor a lot of breast cancer patients. Many people quit. It's, it's a mindset. It's an intention and every single day it's a focus. And so when I realized that, then my focus every day became courage and my focus became courage for that day. It didn't, I wasn't focused on courage for two weeks from now. I was focused on courage for that day. And so if I could show courage to myself and to my community and to my, my kids that day, if tomorrow came great, if it didn't, it was out of my control. And so I let go of the obstacles, which were my own, um, and putting false narratives on my story by saying that I could control it because I couldn't. And so with intention and focus, I showed courage and each day I got through it, not easily, but ultimately I got out of it and I was able to share my story to help other people. Now, uh, is your mind, I'm sure it's different now, modeling prior to and modeling now. 
I do it for a different reason. I'm doing it to help people now. Before I did it because it was my profession. Now, the book itself, where, where can people... I mean, obviously, you go online, everything pops up. But Amazon, but Barnes & Noble, Target. It's it's in all the obvious places. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, it's it's out there. All right, great. Uh, I have a little segment. It's called This or That. Very simple. I give yeah. you two choices. Great. Doesn't mean you hate the other one, but you get the idea. I all right, it. here we go. Cat or dog? Dog. TV series or movie? Movie. Summer or winter? Summer. <laughs> as you sit Always. there. Always. <laughs> Always. As you sit there in Miami. Okay. <laughs> Is it getting dark there? It looks like it behind you there. All right. Uh, country or city? City. Credit or cash? Credit. <laughs> of course. Like ching, 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 ching. <laughs> um, tacos or wings? Neither. Boom. Rejection. Skipping. Okay. Skipping. Beach or mountains? Both. Different seasons. All right. Reading or writing? Writing. Online shopping or in-store shopping? In-store. Touch it. Do it. <laughs> Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Love it. High heels or flats? Always high heels. Yeah. I'm a runway model. <laughs> there you go. I like high heels. They hurt my feet, though. Mine, too. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Wine or beer? Wine. Steak or lobster? Lobster. Yeah. Last one. Giving or receiving? Always giving. There you go. That's joy. Yes. All right. Uh, so what does 2023 look like for you? Well, I'm getting ready to walk in New York Fashion Week in two weeks. Uh, actually, tw- 13 days from tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be walking in three shows. I No, four shows. Different designers. Designers. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. About that. And I'm doing some press up there. And uh, yeah, no, just modeling and doing some speaking engagements. And of course, getting ready for the film and doing interviews just to share hope to other people. And I'm on the board of a few nonprofits. And of course, that's my my life's work. And hopefully writing another book one of these days. Great meeting you, having you come on. Uh, I will be in touch and enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you have it. Christine Handy. Beautiful woman. Went through a lot, obviously, and uh, strong. I mean, that's a hell of a thing to go through um, for anybody. And I wish her the best. Looking forward to the movie. If it gets made, I will certainly check that out. And the book, Walk Beside Me, like she said, it's on Amazon. It's wherever you, you know, could buy a book. Uh, I really appreciate her coming on. So until next time, take care. This has been an unmuted podcast with Papa Mutes. 